I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is hour number two of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, and we've got a great hour on tap as we're going to be leading off here talking about the national title game out there in college football, how you should be wagering it, why to not wind up making your world's biggest bets just because it is a little bit of a bigger game. So we're going to be hitting upon that, and then we're going to be hitting upon a lot of college basketball that we're going to be seeing for Sunday, including my New York Post play. That is going to be coming up in the second segment. So or around just after 11.15 p.m. Pacific time if you're out there on the East Coast. That would be 2.15 a.m. Just after that, we're going to be hitting upon that game. So have no fear there. I've got you covered. And then once we wind up hitting midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern. So a little bit under an hour from now, it's going to be going. It's going to be becoming very NFL-centric. We're going to be looking at picks and analysis just on all these games that we're going to be seeing in Week 18. It was a 3-1 day for myself on Saturday, so... Hopefully we can keep that going and just try to get you guys to the window if at all humanly possible. And we've got to give some love to all the guys behind the scenes that make this show possible because I wind up talking into this mic. I do my best to be able to pick you guys winners, but these guys behind the scenes, they do an absolutely terrific job. They actually feed me quite a bit of good information themselves whenever they wind up seeing it. My wonderful producer, Brian Ortega, absolutely tremendous, one of the best in the business. Nick Wells, who... He is a New England Patriots fan. He is probably not going to be loving what I'm going to be saying about his New England Patriots for this upcoming Sunday. He was giving me some nice junk behind the scenes. But with that said, he does absolutely terrific work. You've got Oliver, the production assistant, does terrific work there. And then Mikhail, he is absolutely tremendous when it comes to the audio, gets me set up every single day. Without these guys, you would not be currently seeing me on your TV, your smart device, your laptop, what have you, and you would not be hearing my voice. So these guys, they really do absolutely tremendous work, and it is absolutely tremendous that we've got the national title game between, let's call it what is, the best two teams in college football. And these are the only two teams that were the odds-on favorite to be able to win the national title all season long, and we're getting the battle that we all want. Georgia, Alabama, Line hasn't moved too much. Right now, you're finding Georgia as a two and a half point favorite in a lot of spots. Total on this game is 52. We saw a couple threes out there, but I don't care whether it's two and a half or three because what I'm looking at is the money line. And the money line is right now at DraftKings plus 120 with Alabama. Obviously, you're going to find a little bit of variance when it comes to the money line price, but whatever your money line price is, I would say put it on Alabama. I feel very good about taking a look at Alabama. The last time Nick Saban lost straight up 
as an underdog. You have to go back to 2008. It's been over a decade. You know where I was in 2008 when Nick Saban wound up losing as an underdog? I was a sophomore in college. Not a sophomore in college. I was a sophomore in high school when that wound up taking place. I mean, we have to go back all the way back to the George W. Bush administration. The last time that Nick Saban wound up losing outright as an underdog. I mean, it is absolutely insane. When you give Nick Saban time to prepare, we all know what winds up happening. We all know what winds up happening when he winds up going up against his former assistants as well, which Kirby Smart is. Nick Saban wins every single time. And let me put it to you this way. Would you rather be betting on would you rather be betting on Nick Saban or would you rather be betting on Stetson Bennett, a team that's quarterbacked by him? I mean, that's just the way that I'll put it to you. I mean, I recognize that there's a little bit more that goes into the handicap than this, and certainly I'm willing to entertain it, and Georgia, they have been a tremendous defense all year long. They have been tremendous in all but one game. Guess what game that was? Against Alabama, where Bryce Young absolutely torched him in the first half, and Georgia had absolutely no chance of being able to come back in the second half. I mean, Seth Bennett, completing 64.5% of his passes, 27 touchdowns and 7 interceptions. Two of those interceptions, guess when they wound up coming? Against Alabama. Alabama, a very underrated defense. And then you've got Bryce Young, 46 touchdowns, five picks, throwing for over 4,500 yards, Heisman Trophy winner. I think that he also sells hot dogs at the hot dog stand. I mean, this guy does absolutely everything very good at being a mobile threat. I mean, you've got just everything here when it comes to Alabama. I think that this is just a pretty cut and dry spot in which, if you're taking a look at the side, it's all about Alabama for me. I mean, I wind up mentioning the fact that I think that this is an easier handicap, but I do think that sometimes we wind up getting blinded with regards to all these stats, all the advanced analytics, and certainly the advanced analytics are always valuable to take a look at when it comes to handicapping, but I've always been brought up upon KISS as well. That is K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid, and I feel like this is one of these games. Now, there are other games where when you wind up going into, like, Atlantic 10 basketball and you wind up going into like the Sun Belt and things like that when you're like gauging a 139 total in college basketball yeah you want to be taking a look at these advanced analytics and sometimes I'm guilty of taking a little bit too much of a look at like home and road splits when it comes to baseball and things like that but I mean there are some times where you just have something that is very clear and obvious to you I do think that this is one of these cases that when it comes to betting on the national title game here in college football This is a spot in which you don't want to get outside of yourself. I like Alabama. I think that they're going to be able to win this game outright. I've got them on the money line. I mean, my mind is very much made up there. But if you're someone that when it comes to gauging college football, you wind up putting like one unit on sides, one unit on totals, your unit is like $20, what have you. This is not the time in which you're like, oh, it's time for that 50-unit max bomb because it's an I. Air quotes here, a lock. The reason why I use air quotes here is because locks do not exist. I mean, I'm just going to call it what it is. If you wind up hearing anyone, whether it be this network, whether it be on any other network, if it's someone on social media, if it's someone on a commercial, say that they've got a lock, they are giving you a lie because the there is only one lock in this world, and that's that I'm going to be posting a podcast at Midnight Pacific. I mean, that's like the only lock out here on planet Earth that you wind up got it that you wind up having because I mean anything can happen with regards to these college football games you don't want to risk more than you can afford to lose I mean 
it's just one of these cases in which you always want to have a little bit of protection. Obviously, there are many of you guys out there that you're going to put a little bit more on some place than others, and that's absolutely fine. But this is not the time in which, I mean, if your standard unit is one, if you really like something for two, you don't go to like 22 or something like that. That is just a little bit reckless. You always want to provide yourself some protection, and it's a case in which when it comes to the national title game as well, you're going to have more things thrown out there. Like you've got a lot of player props that are available for this college football game that you're not going to be typically finding when like Alabama was facing off against New Mexico State, for instance, and things like this. And if you're someone that you do like player props or you see something that really stands out to you, like you write like the rushing prop of Mr. Robinson for Alabama or something like that, by all means, play what you do wind up liking. But don't think that because this is the last college football game of the season that all of a sudden you need to force up action because it's like, oh no, it's the last game of the year. I won't be able to bet on college football again until late August for what is called week zero. I think that week zero is one of the dumbest things to ever call a week, but I mean, it is what it is, but I mean, this is not the time to get outside of yourself. Just take like 37 player props just because you want to have action. Bet what you actually like. Don't wind up forcing up any player props. Like, I think that Brian Robinson has a relatively solid shot of being able to get over his rushing prop of 64 and a half right now that we're seeing at DraftKings. It's one which I personally have not bet it yet. I don't know if I will or not. If I really, really like it, if I wind up doing some line shopping and I'm able to find a little bit of a better number, yeah, I do think that that's a relatively solid play. But I'm certainly someone that I don't do a lot of player props. If I think that eh, it has an okay shot, it's not like I'm going to just force up the action. If we wind up seeing a number that you cannot refuse for lack of a better term. Yeah. I mean, I've by all means wind up going for it, but this is not the time that you wind up pushing all in because I mean, this is a case in which while you have more information on Alabama and Georgia than you're going to have at any time of the year, we've got a full sample size of games. We've actually already seen these two teams wind up playing a game already this year as well. That wound up coming on a neutral site as well. It doesn't, you know who else has that information? The books do as well. And the sharpest lines typically do wind up coming in like the national title game, the World Series, the Super Bowl. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, the bookmakers are setting a line to where they think that they're going to get relatively equal action. If they don't think that they're going to get relatively equal action, they will take a little bit more of a stance. But you've got to feel like the bookmakers, they sort of know which way the money is coming in. They're doing a good job of being able to mitigate any losses, be able to maximize their gains as well, because obviously the books, they want to have a good handle as well. So they're taking note of all of this as well. So just because you think you've got a very nice angle on a big game, trust me, the books, they know what they're doing as well. So that is something that you've always got to be taking into account in this as well. So you do want to be just trying to say within yourself, this is not a case in which you wind up going just absolutely bonkers for this game. And when it comes to the total, I do think that there's a little bit of a lean to the under for me because we did wind up seeing the first game go way over the total. This is an Alabama defense. I was referring to them a little bit earlier has been relatively solid. You do wind up having sets of Bennett throw for three touchdowns in that first matchup between these two teams. I do think that he's going to be held down a little bit more. Now I think that someone like Zamir Wright is going to be able to have a relatively solid game out there on the ground for Georgia. And I mentioned it a little bit earlier. I do think that Robinson Jr for Alabama is going to be able to go off. I think that he winds up going over his player prop, which in a lot of books, you're seeing it right around like a 64 and a half. You might be finding it a little bit higher, a little bit lower, but 
I do think that Alabama is going to be featuring the ground game a little bit. And this is a Georgia team that has been historically one of the best offenses or one of the best defenses that we've ever seen in college football. They did wind up having that big giant clunker against Alabama a few weeks ago. I do think that they're going to be brained in a little bit more. I don't think that Bryce Young is going to be having as massive of a first half as we wound up seeing in that last matchup. So I do have a little bit of a lean to the under, but certainly what I'm taking a look at is I'm going to be taking a look at Alabama on the money line, and I'll just say it once again. Just because the game is bigger doesn't mean that your bet size needs to be bigger because we still have the NBA. We still have college basketball, which I'm going to be hitting upon that next. Have no fear there. New Year Post play is going to be coming up, but there's still lots of opportunities if you're a college football better. Just because college football is coming to an end doesn't mean that we don't have things to bet on. And we've got a lot of college basketball to bet on. Going to give you guys my New Year Post play of the day for Sunday and so much more on the other side right here on VEASAN, the Greg Peterson Experience, as it is VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is brought to you by Zinn Nickname Pouches. Zinn is available in 10 varieties like spearmint, coffee, and citrus, and is working to be able to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zinn Nickname Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and hassle-free, and it's a tobacco alternative that can be joined enjoyed anywhere and at any time so that way you never miss a minute of your game tailgate party what have you zen is found in convenience stores nationwide over a hundred thousand locations so that way you can find your zen no matter where you are zen's nickname pouches are clean and discreet, great with no lingering smell plus it's easier to use indoors or out making it the perfect complement to your every single day also zen comes in two strengths so that way you have control over the nicotine satisfaction so Head on over to Zinn.com to be able to find the store that is nearest you. That is ZYN.com slash find. And Zinn is a product that contains nicotine. And nicotine is an addictive chemical. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Peterson. I want to give you guys a little bit when it came to the national title game that we're going to be seeing in college football on Monday. Now it's time to hit on some more college sports. 
Now we head back to the hardwood, as I always give out a New York Post play every single day when it comes to college basketball season. When it comes to baseball season, I do that as well for the MLB. Knock on, I believe that this is marble that we've got, that we do wind up getting a full-on baseball season, or else I will be a little bit of a sad camper with that regard. But how about if we wind up enjoying what we've got ahead of us right now, as we've got 839, 840 on the betting board with regards to my New York Post play, as you've got Memphis, and they're going to be playing us at Cincinnati. We are on to Cincinnati, and they're on to being between a 7 and 7.5 point underdog in your Toronto's game, and between 142 and 142.5. It has been a cataclysmically bad year for Memphis, and Penny Hardaway clearly has no idea what he's doing as a coach. Cincinnati seems to be a completely rudderless team, and I have no idea what they're trying to do on offense right now, and I default to the talent in this one, and the talent is with Memphis. Now, with Memphis, you do want to be noting that You've got a lot of guys that are currently banged up for this team as you've got quite a few game-time decisions. Jalen Durant is going to be a game-time decision for this team. You take a look a little bit beyond that, and Jaden Hardaway likely is going to be as well. Landry Snelly, DeAndre Williams, and we do know that Chandler Lawson, Alex Lomax. These guys are going to be out of the fold. Even with that, it seems like Imani Bates is now healthy and he's going to be able to be good to go for Memphis. This is a guy that if you want up coming into the 2022 recruiting class, he was legitimately the number one prospect, and when he's been out there for Memphis and has been firing on all cylinders, has been able to show some good ability, a guy that's able to give you right around 10 points per game. And then when you take a look past that, Earl Timberlake, to be able to give the team six half points, four and a half rebounds, has done a solid job of being able to dish out the ball as well. And then you've got Tyler Harris, a good sharp shooter, making over 40% of his threes. And you take a look at the Cincinnati team, they're shooting as collective right around 30%. From three-point range, the offensive efficiency has not been there with them. Now, when it comes to defensive efficiency, points allowed on a per-possession basis, Cincinnati has actually been relatively solid. This is a team in which they rank in the top 30 with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis, so I do think that that's going to be very solid, but we also got a Cincinnati team that they shoot sub-70% in the free-throw line, so that's going to be a little bit of an issue. Their three-point shooting is 322nd in all of college basketball. Got a Memphis team that, with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis, has been very good, especially when it comes to their home games, and I think that they're just going to have more size in general against a Cincinnati team than You've only got one guy on the roster that's averaging more than five rebounds per game. David DeJulius has been able to step up, and this is a Cincinnati team that if there is something good about them, they don't turn the ball over. Now Memphis, their big bugaboo this year has been turnovers. You take a look at this Memphis team, and they've actually been playing very up-tempo, but the reason why you've had their totals in like the mid-140s is that even though they shoot 34.5% from three-point range, which is actually relatively solid, they just turn the ball over a lot. When it comes to turnovers on a per-possession basis, Memphis, 354th in the country. But you know what Cincinnati doesn't do? Force turnovers. They're right around 170th in the country when it comes to turnovers force on a per-possession basis. This is very unlike a West Miller coach team. And you can tell that West Miller is sort of trying to put together a couple pieces that is not necessarily great for him. He wanted taking this job in the offseason, so this is year number one under his regime. I do think that Memphis is going to be able to do a solid job of be able to take a little bit of better care of the ball in this game. I do think that you're probably going to see a 50-50 split with regards to guys that are game-time decisions and they wind up playing. I could see a case in which you wind up having out of four of those guys, like two wind up being in, two wind up being out, but I do think that Memphis, even if they wind up having like three of those guys being out of the fold, they're going to be just fine. This is a team that they are built around having very good depth. Cincinnati is a team in which you do have Micah Adams-Woods being able to step up out there in the backcourt. And I will say Saunders out there at the guard spot. Mike Saunders has been able to do a solid job. I'll be able to hit a couple threes. But Cincinnati, not a very good offensive team. Their defense 
it's been relatively solid, but they don't necessarily force a lot of turnovers. They're a team that they could be really had inside as well. So I do think that Memphis is in a good spot. I want to say Memphis more around a 12 to 13 point favor, depending on who winds up being in slash out. So I'm willing to lay it here with Memphis and Memphis. You've got to keep in mind with regards to possessions per game. This is one of the quickest teams that we're finding in all of college basketball. This is a team that they do rank in the top 30. They're going to be playing at a little bit more of a breakneck pace. So the total 146 half when I gave up for the New York post is the Memphis spread. So this should probably be clocking in. A lot of spots right around a seven and a half. If I get lucky, they'll wind up giving me a seven. It's winds up going out of my hands when I wind up submitting this because typically you have to submit these for the afternoon. That's just the way that the paper business winds up working out. So probably going to be right around a seven and a half is what's going to be published. But even at like an eight, even at like a seven, still like Memphis in the spot. And when it comes to total, I'm going to be taking a look at an over. So that's what we've got in the New York Post for Sunday. And when it comes to just college basketball in general, what we do have is quite a few relatively solid matchups. And we're actually going to have a couple rematches on Sunday. One of these is Quinnipiac versus Niagara. These two teams wound up playing themselves about two or so weeks ago. You've got Niagara who's finding themselves now anywhere between a three and a half and a four point favorite. They wound up opening up at three and your total on this game. It is anywhere between a one thirty seven half and a one thirty eight. I want to say Niagara is a three and a half point favorite. I wound up gobbling up one of the opening threes that we wound up seeing. This is a line that is now moving quite a bit. Wound up seeing a line move on this game, I would say about two and a half hours ago. And I do think that it's the right move with Niagara. They allowed Quinnipiac to be able to shoot 11 of 24 from three point range. The first time these two teams wound up squaring up. And I just don't think that Quinnipiac is going to be able to duplicate that. Now, Quinnipiac overall for the year, they shoot about 35.3% from three point range. But this is a Quinnipiac bunch that they also are a little bit banged up. Matt LeBlanc, who is the top scorer for this team. He wanted missing the team's last game. There's a good chance that he's going to be winding up missing this game as well. And then I take a look at this Quinnipiac team outside of him. You've got one other guy that's averaging more than 10 points per game. And he's going to be the most dominant low post player in this game. That'd be Kevin Marfo. Marfo actually led off college basketball with regards to rebounds per game with a little bit over 12 and a half two seasons ago. When I was at Quinnipiac, went to Texas A&M, didn't see a lot of minutes. So welcome back, Potter. He is back with the Quinnipiac Bobcats. And has actually been a really good passer as a big man. He's been able to give you a little bit over four assists per game, 10 points, 11 rebounds. So he's been able to do a rock solid job there. But Savion Lewis has not played in really over a month. So even if he does wind up suiting it up for the team, he's been one of the team's top players with regards to four assists per game. Got to feel like he's going to be a little bit rusty. Do have a quote APAC team that's been relatively solid on offense. Not necessarily so great on defense. And then you take a look at Niagara. It's been the exact opposite for them. Quinnipiac is a, er, in Niagara is a team that's really looking to slow things down. They're in the bottom 25 in all of college basketball when it comes to possessions per game. I do think that they've got a very versatile piece of their own that is going to lead them to victory in this game. That would be Marcus Hammond. Marcus Hammond has been Mr. Do-It-All for Niagara. A guy that's been able to chip in their 17 points, four rebounds, three assists. Has been able to shoot right around 36.5% from three-point range in Niagara overall. They shoot 35.5% from distance. Now, the big thing for them, rebounding. You don't have a single guy that gives you more than... 5.3 rebounds per game. That'd be Sam Oreo, the transfer that comes in from American. Good six foot seven combo player. Spent last year at South Alabama. He's able to generate right around a seal per game. So I do think that that's going to be big. And then you take a look at this anger team in general. You do have a guy that's shooting over 50% from three point range. Greg Kukamenza has been able to give you eight and a half points, three rebounds per game. You've been able to find a little bit more depth with guys like Rob Brown, the third, 
will be able to take hold a little bit more of this offense. I do think that Niagara is going to be able to get their pace in this game, and their pace is really, really stinking slow. I think that this total is a little bit of a reaction to what we wound up seeing in the last game. So I do think that you've got some relatively solid value here with the under. I did wind up saying this total more out of 132, so take a look at that. At 3.5, I'm still willing to lay it with Niagara. I would need a 4 or more to be taken a look at Quinnipiac. And mostly, we are seeing 3.5, so gave just a little bit more in the AM. If you wind up getting north of 4, then it certainly is relatively solid value here with Quinnipiac. But at 3, 3.5, which we wind up seeing opening up, do like Niagara in this spot. But obviously, you are, as I wound up saying a little bit earlier in the show, betting numbers, not necessarily teams. So gauge these lines accordingly. We're going to be gauging this one very, very carefully as well. How about if we wind up going to the Colonial as you've got a team that I think has a good shot of being able to do some damage in the NCAA tournament. Actually, a pair of teams that could do some damage in the NCAA tournament if they wind up making it. This is 841-842. The Pride of Hofstra, the old Dutchman, are going to be hitting the road to face off against James Madison. James Madison opened up a one-point favorite. We have seen a flip of favorites in this game. You've now got Hofstra as a one-point favorite. Your tolerance game is anywhere between 148.5 and 150.5. Right now at DraftKings, we're seeing a 149, and I do not agree with this flip whatsoever. I do think that James Madison should be able to get the job done on their own floor. Got a Hofstra team that has been one of the better teams against the spread in recent years, and I'm going to be talking to you guys about that and continuing to take a look at the betting board in college basketball on Sunday on the other side. As it is a great Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great new offer to help you make this your best betting year ever. Our all new Big Game Big Dance special provides VSIN plus all access to everything we do now through April 5th for just $69. Sign up now and you're going to be able to get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming big game, and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to vcin.com to our exclusive betting splits, breaking down every single game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the season. So don't miss one of the best deals of the year that we've got over here. Visit vcin.com slash big game slash big deal to sign up today. As we're back here in lovely Las Vegas, more specifically the Circa Sportsbook and Resort out here in Las Vegas for the Greg Peterson experience with myself, Greg Oops Peterson. And we're taking a look at everything that we've got in college basketball for this Sunday. Coming up in about 29 to 30 minutes once we wind up hitting midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern. It'll officially be a NFL Sunday for everyone out here on the Continental 48 States. So we're going to be going NFL heavy here in the next few segments. We're going to be doing college basketball in the meantime. So we've got a good one that's going to be going down in the Colonial Day. Wind up teeing up with Hofstra versus James Madison. Flip of favorites in this one. I don't necessarily agree with it. When it comes to James Madison, this is a team in which a hole is greater than the sum of its parts. You've got Vado Morris along with Dekai Molson and Charles Falden. All these guys have been able to give you between 10.2 and 11.5 points per game. So they've all been able to come through and they've been able to do so in their own sort of way, I guess you could say. That's the best way of being able to put it. Meanwhile, for Hofstra, Zach Cooks has been tremendous for the team all season long. No question about it. A guy that's averaging 16 points per game is their top scorer. But 
when Zach Cooks, ever since he wound up sustaining an injury that wound up knocking him out for two games and the team wound up being able to win outright in both games that he wound up being out of, he hasn't necessarily been himself. You wound up seeing it in the loss to William & Mary, the best tag team out there in all of college basketball. He wound up having a very pedestrian performance in that one, so that is a little bit of an issue with him. He only shoots about 30% from three-point range, so it's been a tad bit of an issue. Now, overall for his career, we're around a 34-ish percent three-point shooter, so I do think that he's going to be able to rise up a little bit with regards to this outside shooting as the season winds up going along, but you do take a look at it, and it certainly has been a case in which it seems like his production has been dipping ever since he wound up having a very good start to the season. You take a look at things, and if you date it back to the game against Iona, so the 16th of November, he's been shooting 25% from three-point range ever since then with 13.5 points. He's been still giving out right around 4.5 assists, right around 2.5 turn steals per game, so has been able to do a relatively solid job there, but we have seen a little bit of a drop-off there. And then when it comes to James Madison, just a team that does a great job of being able to swarm to the ball. Someone like an Alonzo Sewell has been able to give you six plus rebounds per game. He's been able to chip in there right around nine or so points. So I do like what he's able to bring to the table for the team. Keep in mind, James Madison already has a nice win on their home floor against Virginia. Now, that gets diminished by the fact that Virginia hasn't necessarily been so great. But for Hofstra, you drive Abriyama. Eola, hopefully I say that one correctly. He has been able to get the team eight rebounds per game, but depth has been a little bit of an issue when it comes to this pride team as well. What James Madison does very well is the little things as well. They wind up generating about five more turnovers per game than their opponents, and they get live ball turnovers. They're averaging 10.5 seals per game. That ranks in the top 10 in all of college basketball now. Big trepidation that you do wind up having with James Madison, free throw shooting. They do shoot 65.5% at the free throw line as a collective. Meanwhile, you've got a guy on the other side in Aaron Estrada. He does wind up coming in from Oregon along St. Peter's. He's been able to shoot about 94% at the line. He's able to give you 14 points per game, but does only shoot about 23.5% from three-point range. So that's a little bit of an issue for the team as well. You've got your good and your bad there. But I do think that when it comes to James Madison, they're going to do a good job of not having that be as much of a concern because when it comes to James Madison, they don't necessarily get to the free throw line a ton. Meanwhile, they don't allow their opponents to get to the free throw line. They are in the top 10 in all of college basketball with regards to free throws allowed on a per-possession basis. So they've done a, an absolutely supreme job of being able to take that out of the fold. And then you've got other guys like a Julian Wooden who have been able to step up for this team. They've got a relatively deep rotation. I think that they're going to be able to utilize it against a Hofstra team that they're a little bit thinner. So I am willing to take James Madison here on the money line. Was willing to lay one point with them because I actually made them a two-point favorite. So now that we've seen a flip of favorites, it's just all the better in my opinion. And I do think that things are going to be slowed down a little bit. You've got a pair of teams of James Madison and Hofstra that have been relatively efficient on the offensive end. Neither of these two teams are necessarily willing to gun it. They're not necessarily teams that are going to be playing super up-tempo, so they might have saying this little more out of 144.5. So I'm going to be diving under, and I'm going to be going with James Madison in this spot. I speak about neither of these teams, and I'm going to use my own phrase here, gunning it. You've got a team that they are really looking to play that up-tempo style. How about if we go to the game just below at 8.43, 8.44. College of Charleston going to be playing us Elon. This is one of the higher totals that you're going to be finding on this day. Only total that's higher is the Lipscomb versus Central Arkansas game. As finding this game with a total between 153.5. Here at Circa, we're seeing a 155. And Charleston finding themselves as a 10-point favorite pretty much across the board. And I think that this is a little bit overreactionary to Charleston. Charleston has been dealing with a couple injuries now. Renee Smith along with John Meeks, the transfer from Bucknell. I always call them the bracket bus and bison. Both of these guys should be out there. These two guys combined to be able to give you right around 26 points per game. But the big trepidation that I do have with Charleston, 
They don't do a great job of being able to retain the ball. They're a team that they turn the ball over a little bit over 15 times per game. Now, Charleston, they are certainly playing up-tempo, as I referenced a little bit earlier. This team is number two in all of college basketball when it comes to possessions per game. And I forgot to give you guys my stat on Hofstra as well. The Hofstra fade, that is made all the better by the fact that they are 63-38-1 against the spread ever since the beginning of the 2018-19 season. That is the best mark in all of college basketball. So I have to deliver on the tees. We wound up just doing so right here. Charleston, they've got a little bit more wonky against the spread stats ever since that time span because they're actually in the first year of Pat Kelsey, which is why you have seen them really cranking up the tempo when they were under Orgrad. They were actually typically a very slow team. Meanwhile, you do take a look at Elon, and I do think that the Hunters are going to be big for this team. Hunter McIntosh, Hunter Woods. Hunter McIntosh is a guy that gives you 11 points per game, shoots 39% for three. He's able to give you multiple assists per game. Meanwhile, you take a look at Woods, seven points, but right around five to six rebounds per game. He's able to give you a little bit of facilitation, not necessarily a great three-point shooter, but has been able to do a relatively solid job for this Elon team when it comes to Elon as well. Darius Burford has been able to give you right around 12 points per game, so he's been able to do a solid job there. And then for College of Charleston, Demetrius Underwood. No, not the former Minnesota Viking, but a guy that has been able to give the team right around 8 points, 6 rebounds, multiple assists. He's been very versatile for Charleston, but I do feel like Charleston is going to be starting to get figured out a little bit more. We wanted seeing that in their last few games prior to them hitting Christmas break against teams like Stetson, what have you. They were able to slow them down a little bit more, and this is an Elon team that they rank outside the top 200 with regards to possessions per game. They are a team that they're looking to hang their head a little bit more on defense when they wound up making the championship of the Colonial Athletic Conference Tournament. They really did so with their defense. I think that they're going to get back to their roots in this one, so I did wind up saying this. So more around uh, about a 145 and a half. So I'm going to be taking a look at an under with Elon. Anything above a touchdown, I was willing to take the points with them here at a 10. I feel like it's a little bit overreactionary with Charleston. So I'm going to be taking a look at the points with Elon, and I'm going to be taking a look at an under in this spot as well. And we've really got a lot of the CAA that is going to be in action on Sunday. So how about if we go with another game involving a pretty hefty favorite out there in the conference, 847-848 Northeastern. They're going to be in the road face off against Towson. The Tigers of Towson are finding themselves a seven and a half point favorite, and your total on this game is 133 to 133 and a half. And when it comes to Towson, I really like what I'm seeing out of this team because this bunch was without a few key pieces earlier this season. Antonio Rizzuto along Jason Gibson. Both of these guys shoot above 40% from three-point range and combined to be able to give you about 17.5 points per game. So them coming back is absolutely huge. But what is big is the guy that's able to hold it down. Cameron Olden. He's been able to give you right around three assists, nine plus rebounds, 13 points per game. And then Nicholas Timberlake. No relation to Justin has been able to give you right around 15 points per game. But then you take a look at Northeastern, and they've been dealing with some injuries. Shaquille Walters has been out of the fold the last few games. There's a good chance that he wind up missing this game as well. And for Northeastern, I've just noticed it with this team the last 24 or so months. They wind up getting up big in these games, and then they just turn the ball over like it's Sarah Lee's Bakery. I mean, it's just been really, really bad for them. A team that commits 14 turnovers per game. It's just been unsightly. And then you got a Northeaster much that they do have. Chris Jody, probably going to be the best little post player in this game. Is able to give you 12 points, 9 rebounds per game. So he's been able to do a relatively solid job for this team. But when it comes to the South and Tigers team, I do think that they're going to be able to do a very solid job with the way that they're able to take care of the ball. They don't necessarily turn the ball over a whole extra lot. They've got very good overall outside shooting as, as a collective. They shoot right around 35.5% from three-point range. And this is a Northeastern team that... When you wind up taking Walters out of the fold, this team becomes a little bit more one-dimensional. You wind up seeing them lose outright to 
the good old tag team of William and Mary, and that's really a loss that you don't want to t- want to wind up taking because they're in the bottom 30 in regards to Ken Palm rankings and really my own rankings. That was a very unsightly loss. And when it comes to the Towson team as well, what they've been able to do a very good job of just being able to hit the offensive glass. With regards to offensive rebound rate, this is a team that they rank in the top 25 in all of college basketball in percentage of their misses that they do wind up being able to get a rebound on. So they've been able to do a very solid job there. They don't turn the ball over a heck of a lot. And when it comes to the amount of live ball turnovers that they commit, they only have opponents being able to get 3.9 steals per game. That is the top mark in all of college basketball. So I'm willing to lay anything single digits, which is 9.5 or less with regards to Towson. So take a look at that. I do think that it's going to be a little bit of a slowdown game here as well. But this little 125.5, so I'm going to be diving under. Coming up in the next segment, taking a look at more of what we've got on this College Basketball Sunday and in the final segment, NFL, as we've got the Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you miss any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Get replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. You're able to do so by going to vsin.com slash podcast. You're able to get Beating the Book with Gail Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've added Hardwood Handicappers, The Lombardi Line, Follow the Money. And hey, one that's going to be dropping a new episode in 14 minutes and 30 seconds. But who's counting? Coast to Coast Hoops with Greg Peterson and many more. They're all free and available now at vsin.com slash podcast. Wherever your podcast says it is the Greg Peterson experience right here on vsin, the Sports Bank Network. Have no fear if you miss any of my college basketball breakdowns on this show tonight. I've got you covered on Coast to Coast Hoops. We've got you covered with the Visa and Best Bets podcast as well. And also be hitting up on my New York Post pick, which I wound up hitting upon the second hour of this or the second segment of this hour, right around like 11, 15 p.m. Pacific. I'll be hitting that in the final segment of the show tonight in a little bit over an hour. So do not have you do not have worry. I've always got you guys covered and We've got you guys covered with a little bit of everything on the college basketball betting board. We've already hit hit on the Big Ten games. We've hit on the Colonial. Now, how about if we wind up going out to the Pac-12 as you've got Washington versus Colorado doing battle. This is going to be 849, 850 on the betting board. 
Colorado open up an eight and a half point favor. We've seen a line move here. Now you're getting Colorado anywhere between eight and a half and nine. And your Toronto's game opened up at 139. Now we're seeing a couple 140s pop as well. And I do agree with the moves by and large on this game because I did wind up saying Colorado as a nine and a half point favorite here at the nine and a half. Pretty much is the max I'm willing to lay. When I wound up saying the line of nine and a half, my whole thought was willing to lay anything single digits with Colorado. Once you wind up hitting double digits, then it's going to be a little bit more of a take on Washington. Washington has been able to cover each other last two games, including a nice outright win that they were able to get against Utah. It does seem like the offense is starting to get hunkered down a little bit more for Colorado. They got a nice win against Washington State, one of their best offensive showings of the season as well as you've got a Colorado team that they have not been shooting well from three-point range. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. You take a look at them on the college basketball landscape. And among the 358 D1 teams, this is a team that they're clocking in right in the neighborhood of about like 300th with regards to three-point shooting at right around 30%. So that has been a little bit of an issue. But you take a look at this game, and the reason why I do like this total over is because you've got a Washington team that they're just running for all humanity. With regards to possessions per game, this team ranks 20th. So it has certainly been intriguing to take a look at that. They have slowed down a little bit recently, but it's certainly a team that they are looking to play up tempo. I think that Washington is going to have a little bit of tough time with Evan Batty, though. Batty has been able to give this Colorado team right around 13 and a half points per game. I talk about their bad three-point shooting. He shoots over 50% from three-point range, and then you got Jabari Walker, the son of Sabaki Walker, is able to give you 13.8 rebounds for the team, and for Washington, Nate Roberts, who has been the top rebounder for the team, a little bit over six boards per game, he has played in 10 minutes or fewer in each of the team's last three games. I don't know if he wound up falling out of favor, if he wound up talking bad about the coaching staff or something like that, but he has not been seen recently, so that's a little bit of an issue. Now, you do have Emmett Matthews, somebody who winds up coming in for West Virginia. He's been able to give the team 11 points, 5 rebounds. He has been rock solid. And then Terrell Brown is just really the engine that makes this Washington team go. He's able to give you over 21 points, right around 5 rebounds, 4 plus assists, 2.5 steals per game. The only problem is he shoots right around, I would say, about 22% from three-point range. Overall, this is a Washington team. They, they shoot right around 31% from distance. They've done a better job of being able to take care of the ball recently as well, but they don't necessarily force turnovers like they used to. Mike Hopkins, he was a disciple of of Jim Beheim back when he was at Syracuse. He has really abandoned that style. He sort of been doing his own thing, and his own thing has not necessarily been going so great. Meanwhile, you take a look at Colorado and Guys like Eli Parquet in the backcourt, I do have a good feeling, are going to be able to step up for this team. So I did wind up setting this little more around 143.5 because you do have a very up-tempo Washington team. I do recognize that Colorado scored 65 points or fewer and now pretty much six out of their last eight games that ended in regulation. But I feel like they've turned over a little bit of a new leaf with what they were able to do against Washington State. I think that this is going to be a little bit more of an up-tempo team in general. So going to be taking a look at it over and I'm willing to lay Anything of single digits here with Colorado. Once you wind up hitting 10, that would be my buy point on Washington. How about if we say out there on the, I guess you call it western part of the country, because I think that this is officially out there in the mountainous time zone, because I've actually visited the great state of Montana, and specifically one of the cities that are going to be in this matchup. 853-854, Montana hits the road to face off against Montana State. The Bobcats find themselves anywhere between 2.5 and, and 3-point favorites. And your tallest game, saying we're between 136.5 and 137. Actually been to Missoula, Montana. Once wound up taking a job out there in Portland, Oregon that I wound up having for a year. And that's your Missoula, Montana. Very good people out there in that great state. They always call it God's country. And 
it is going to be very beautiful to see what we wind up getting out of the Grizzlies because this is a team that I wound up setting as a two and a half point underdog. I'm personally taking a look at the threes and I'm going to be siding with Montana in this spot. Don't know if I want to be able to get there outright, but I do think that Montana has a good chance of being able to pull off the upset. I do want the leverage of the points though, because when it comes to Montana, this is one of the better free throw shooting teams that you've got in all of college basketball. As a collective, they shoot over 80% at the free throw line, so they have been absolutely tenacious there. You've also got a guy in Cam Parker, who has been able to do a terrific job of being able to dish out the ball. He is actually the all-time leader with regards to most assists in a single game among D1 players. He wound up having 24 assists back when he was playing in a game in Sacred Heart a few years ago. And then you take a look at Montana State and can be a little bit of a hit or miss team. They're going to have the best player down low with regards to, I guess you call it a pure post presence in Jabriel Bell. 14 points, six boards. Be able to give the team 1.4 blocks per game. So he's been able to do a good job there. This has been a Montana State team that overall this year, they're shooting about 36.5% from three-point range, but they've had some inconsistencies when it comes to their outside shooting. Now, the concept for this team out there in the backcourt has been Xavier Bishop. Bishop has been able to give the team four and a half assists, 2.6 turnovers per game. So does a nice job of not turning the ball over a whole lot. Like and then you got Tyler Patterson. He's been able to shoot 41% from three-point range. And don't sleep on Abdul Muhammad. Nine points, seven boards, shooting 47.5% from three-point range. But you do take a look at this Montana team. And the Grizzlies, they themselves shoot it really well from the outside. The only thing with Montana is that they're going to look to get their tempo. And I think that there's a good chance that they're going to be able to get it. Because among the 358 D1 teams, Montana won the slowest out there in all of college basketball. 271. You've got a Montana State team that they're looking to kick it up tempo a little bit more. I'm more like 109th. But I do take a look at what you're able to get out of Robbie Beasley. A guy that's able to shoot 39% for three is able to give this Montana team 10 plus points per game. I think that that's going to be very critical for them. We had a Montana team that they are able to go right around seven or eight deep. So I do think that that's going to be very critical. And when it comes to Montana, this is not necessarily a team that does an absolutely tremendous job down low, but I do think that they've got enough to be able to hang in there against guys like Jabriel Bello and company. When it comes to this Montana State team, you do have Amin Abdamu, who's been able to give you right around 10 points per game. So I've liked what I've seen out of him, but you've got a gentleman that stands right around six foot nine that comes in from Australia and John Bannon. 12 and a half points per game, eight boards, and at six foot nine, shoots 41.7% from three point range. I think that that's going to be big for a Montana team that they rank in the top 20 with regards to fewest turnovers per game. I think that they're going to be able to hold in this game. So, looking at the points here with Montana, I'm shopping around because, like I said, I want to make it my line at two and a half. So, seeing threes out there, I do like the three a little bit more as well. And I do think that Montana going to get there a little bit more slow, a little bit more methodical style. Wind up setting this total at 135. So I'm going to be taking a look at an under as well. And when it comes to college basketball, we've hit on a lot of the games that we are going to be seeing on this college basketball Sunday. But one that we have yet to hit, that would be out there in the Ryzen League, 827-828. You've got a Robert Morris team that is now without their top score. We're going to be diving into that in a second. And they're going to be playing us to Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne, a one-point favorite. Your total on this game is anywhere between 146 and 147.5. And when it comes to this, IPFW team. They're going to be facing up against a Robert Morris team that they wound up having Rasheem Dunn, who wound up transferring in from St. John's. He has decided to leave the team. They wound up playing without him and actually gave a spirited effort against Cleveland State, but for those of you guys that know the Bill Simmons fall man theory, typically you get like one really good game out of a team that winds up losing their coach, their top player, what have you. It's as if everyone is all hyped up on five-hour energy. They get a win-one for the Kipper speech and everything like that, and they come out firing. 
Now is when the letdown winds up happening, and you've got a Fort Wayne team that you do have. Ari Capadio is able to give you 10 points, 7 rebounds per game. Now, with Robert Morris, you do have Khalil Spear. He comes in from the good old bracket Bucks and Bucknell Bison with 12.7 rebounds per game, but you don't have a lot of outside shooting when it comes to Robert Morris. You've got a IPFW team that they really rely upon efficiency, and I do think that IPFW is going to be able to do a good job of being able to run things in this game. Now, this is a Fort Wayne team that... They have seen a little bit of fall off with regards to their three-point shooting from last year. Last year, they shot darn near 40% from three-point range this year, more like 35%. But you do have a few guys that are able to do a good job for the team. Jalen Pipkins has been able to do a nice job. He's been able to chip in there right around 13 points per game. So I do think that he's going to be able to do a good job with that regard. And then you just take a look at the flip side. For this Robert Morris team, they are towards the bottom of darn near a lot of metrics in all of college basketball when it comes to defense. I think that it's going to be an IPFW team that's going to be able to pick up a Robert Morris team that is going to be in a lot of transition with regards to their offense. I did want to sing the solo at 136. I want to change the sound quite a bit. You don't have any of these teams that are necessarily playing fast and at the same time losing your top score like done is going to cause for a lot of mixing and shaking with Robert Morris. So willing to lay the point here with Fort Wayne and Gibby taking a look at an under. And coming up next here on the Great Peterson Experience, we go football heavy right here on VSIN, the Sports Banking Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 